When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Late Show Poncho with Stephen Colbert. Folks, you know my guest tonight as a stand-up comedian and a correspondent on The Daily Show. His new film is Confess, Fletch. So what do we know about this victim? Like we're going to tell you. Laurel Gilton's from Worcester, was living in Alston with two roommates, worked at a Cambridge cafe as a barista. We're telling you. Miss Goodwin was pursuing a career in the art world. Hmm. Interesting connection. Well, I either just walked into a frame-up or uh, somebody from my past is trying to get revenge on me. Who hates you? Besides Grace. Well, I did put quite a few prominent people away when I was a very famous reporter at the News Tribune in Los Angeles. I looked into your criminal record. And? Bad check charge. <laughs> two contempt of court charges. Number of non-payment of alimony charges. 100% of most of those were dismissed. Please welcome back to The Late Show, Roy Wood Jr. Nice to see you again. Good to see you. And I'll just start off, apropos of nothing, you're mm-hmm. always taller than I think when you come on here. That's because on The Daily Show, Trevor be making my chair short. I was wondering, does he do that thing where his yeah. chair's a little bit higher than everybody else's? Yeah, but it's good, man. It's good. I'm blessed to still be working. It's good to be back. It's always Congratulations good to, be to a black man on the first week of the new job. Good to see Lewis exactly. over there doing Lewis the Exactly. Lewis Cato, the Late Show band. Which killing it. Absolutely killing it tonight. That's that new job smile. I know that. I recognize the new job <laughs> smile. I know the last job. time you were here, it's been too long. It was 2018. Yeah. Uh, ain't, ain't a lot happened. No. <laughs> How have, you, how, have you, how have you been? My life now is therapy and multivitamins. What, did one it, come it, first? And, and the vaccine. But if, if, if therapy or multivitamin can't solve it, I don't know what I'm going to do. Wow. That's been my plan right now. It's just Because, like, you know, during the pandemic, everybody started drugs and experimenting, and I might circle back to crack. But for now, <laughs> multivitamins... You know what's really messed up about multivitamins? It's the ultimate in American laziness. Because it's, it's basically, you don't want to take... If you took all the vitamins, you'd be straight. You'd be like, I don't want to take all the vitamins. Give me a little bit of every vitamin in one vitamin. And then I'll take that vitamin. The ultimate laziness of Americans, if you just ate a vegetable, you wouldn't need any of the multivitamins. Yes. Also that. Also that. But it's been fun. It's been fun trying to figure all this stuff out, all these new concoctions and stuff that's been coming out during well, the pandemic. I don't... Of, they, I don't I'm sorry. I don't, I don't know what an elderberry is. What is. When did that... You can make wine from it. I know, elderberry wine. You can do that. I went to school. I thought we covered all the berries. <laughs> Straw, rasp, blue, etc. Uh-huh, black. Yeah, black. And, of course, I, I forget black. But elder just came out of nowhere. I was like, all right, I'll see what this elderberry is. It's about. older than the other berries. <laughs> <laughs> That's, what more? What more do you need to yeah, know? Yeah. <laughs> but you're, you, you like the therapy because I'm a big fan of therapy. Yeah, yeah. It's it's been a really good journey, you know, to be able to discover to pay someone money to discover who in your circle is also not paying people money. All therapy do is show you everybody in your life who ain't going to therapy. And then somehow, you become their therapist. Like, you start using the tricks you learn. Ther- you know what you should try. What you need to do is find your attachment style and unpack that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, also, I apologize. There's a little rasp in my voice. There's Why are you so raspy? strip club with T-Pain in Hawaii. I'm sorry, go back. You were at a strip club with T-Pain in Hawaii. When? When would this happen? This is a couple I can't be telling you that all the <laughs> I don't know. It was about a week ago. Okay, about a about week, a week ago. ago. Why would your throat be raspy after going to a strip club? I can't be telling you everything, man. I can't tell you everything. Everybody. I've never been invited into that room. Well, 
the first step is to get on T-Pain's podcast and build rapport. Okay. As I did. Shout out Nappy Boy Radio. And then, when you're just out in public at random times, T-Pain appears like the strip club wizard and goes, it is time. And then he takes you... Were you in Hawaii and he just found you? Or did you go to Hawaii to go (laughs) to his... This event? No, no, no. We were both doing shows in Hawaii, and we okay. are cool. We're both down south brothers. And so he came to the show, and after the show, I was just like, where do you want to go? And I was like, to bed. And T-Pain said, no. <laughs> and so here we are. And hence, and hence yeah. the rest of the Yeah, so, you know, things happen. Okay. Well, yesterday was Labor Day, and you've got uh, your own podcast called Roy's Job Fair. Yeah. Where you talk to the, the regular folks out there about... Yeah. Different industries about their jobs. What is, why'd you want to do that? So I did morning radio in Birmingham for 10 years, and one of the things we did in the 9 o'clock hour was we would just invite listeners, if you were working somewhere that's hiring, call our show and tell us so that people who are unemployed will just know. It was kind of like an audible Craigslist back in, like, wow. 03, 04. And so when the pandemic hit and unemployment rise, I was trying to figure out a way to do that again, and the station I worked at in Birmingham had already fired me, so that wasn't an option. <laughs> So podcasting, we go. And it's been, it's been great. You learn about so many different industries, from preachers to sex workers to politicians, all the way to school teachers and students still in their laptops. And what started as... <laughs> what started as something that was just to legitimately help people know that they are not alone in their employment journey has turned into something where just a community of people call in and just share what they're doing, and it might be something that you want to do. And I think for as long as we live in a world where we know that we're not alone and struggling, you maybe can make it to tomorrow. So that's what the podcast is about. That's a little therapy right there. That is therapy. Yeah. All right. You have, you have a six-year-old son. This is back-to-school week, mm. you know, after, after Labor Day. Mm-hmm. What are... What, what is your, I mean, assume, assume your boy's going into first grade? Yeah, first yeah. Grade? Get him out the house. Get how's him out. That, how's that going? Get out. Get out this house. Yep. You know, it's, it's bittersweet because, you know, these, you know, these moments with your children when they're six, seven, eight, for me at least, I know these are the last moments as a father that I'll be able to help him with his homework. And I know <laughs> that eventually I'm just going to have to say goodbye. <laughs> That's why I'm kind of I'm rooting for CRT and all that stuff. You take all that stuff out the history books so he can get... He'll graduate at age nine. You know they're taking history out the books. They're starting to take science out the books. At this point, a high school grad gonna be 11 years old, and then <laughs> I can help my son with his homework. If, there, if you now, take science altogether out the book, you have. Oh, sign me up. Well, you you have some science credentials here because I saw th- we got this uh, this tweet from you here. Okay, this is uh, Roy Wood Jr. X Jedi, which is your Twitter handle. It says sixth grade. I forgot the science fair was the next day. 10 p.m. in a panic, I find a loaf of molded bread my pops forgot to throw out. Mm-hmm. Made a study on mold, moisture, and air. Got second place in the school, <laughs> fifth in the city. Bread so moldy, I was praised for, quote, conducting weeks of research. You're welcome. That's Winners good. win, bro. That's good. Winners now, win. when did people find out? Like, did you ever confess to this? Just now. Roy. Thank you so much for being here. <laughs> the new movie, Confess Fletch, is in theaters and on demand September 16th. It's Roy Wood Jr., everybody. Stay tuned for a special preview of Roy's podcast, Roy's Job Fair. If you like the show, you can subscribe, follow, or listen on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everyone. It's David Duchovny. Do you ever feel like a failure? Trust me, I get it. Hell, I've spent my whole life almost feeling like a failure. It's appropriate, though, because on Fail Better, my new podcast with Lemonada Media, exploring the world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives is the whole point. Each week, I'll chat with artists, athletes, actors, and experts about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, I hope we can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out on May 7th, wherever you get your podcasts. 
Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney, the voice of Korra on The Legend of Korra. And me, Dante Bosco, the voice of Zuko on The Last Airbender and General Iroh on The Legend of Korra. Each week, we'll recap and discuss another episode of The Last Airbender. I don't know if we've ever talked about it, but... Amazing guests stop by from creators to cast to super fans to chat all things Avatarverse. Are we saying that this is possible in the Avatar universe? Varney, we gotta spread the word. Now fans can also check out our weekly video pods too by subscribing to the official Avatar YouTube channel. That's a lot of fire, isn't it? That's right, we're on video this season, everybody. So whether you're a super fan with encyclopedic knowledge or you're brand new to this incredible world, it's Fire Nation time, Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Brave the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Comedy Central. Now, before I read this one, I want, I'm not talking to you, Rod. I know you're early. You weren't in on this argument last time. Argument. Jacqueline and Ralph, I want you to tell me I was right. I want you to tell me I was right. Now hiring. Grambling State, after initially backing their new volleyball coach who cut the whole team, has now circled back and fired her. Volleyball coach Chelsea Lucas, after a long internal investigation, has been let go from Grambling State University. Now, y'all celebrated this sister coming in after them kids had already signed letters of intent and was coming to the school. These kids were already guaranteed their scholarships. And I told y'all, you just can't come in and cut everybody and think that you ain't going to have a target on your back. And now she gone. And they have reinstated the scholarships of all of the motherfuckers that she cut off at the knees. Mm Mm-hmm. And they ain't going to have nary a win next season. You watch. They ain't going to win jack shit. They ain't going to win a thing. They ain't going to win shit. I can't. I think I might have been the one that brought it up. Mm, you might have, homie. <laughs> but, and I was in full support of that woman. And, I, and, yeah, and I'm with Ralph. Grambling is about to suck again. Don't know why they caved, but welcome back to the bullshit. <laughs> right. You fired a visionary. <laughs> really? Because the administration can't stand on their own two feet. I cannot stand management that makes a decision and wants to pull it back. Suck it up and stand on what you said you wanted to do. I think that's total trash and good luck with your volleyball team. I'm not sending any money over there. I wasn't in the first place, but I was returning there. (laughs) Bye! You probably don't even watch volleyball. You got all this passion. I don't like volleyball. Oh, Oh, my Lord. Start the show. (laughs) My name is Roy. This is my job fair. All that passion, Jacqueline, and you can't name two positions in Buck. I can't. can't. You need to get. I can. (laughs) (laughs) I can. We're doing something a little different. It's the management. (laughs) We're doing something a little different this week. Now, we always explore the world of employment from the place of being employed, right? And then we always explore it with Rod through the prism of romance in the job. But when we had Doug Herzog on last week for for TV week, right? Mm -hmm. And he talked about firing people and the process of firing people and there's ways to fire people. I figured this would be the best. Is it a compliment episode back to back? I don't know. Hmm. Like we are going to talk to people who are going to tell us their stories about their last day on a job. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. The homie Mike Hill's coming back on today. He's going to join the two time club. He was at the black news channel. Black News Channel just got pulled off the air. Mike Hill was the last person on air before they filed bankruptcy Friday morning and just pulled all. They started showing Nordetrack commercials. He was taking a nap. <laughs> he was taking a nap when they shut down. Yeah. Hilarious. Yeah. So it's going to be fun, man. We're going to talk to some people out there. You, the Job Fair listeners. We want you to be a part of the show all the time. Roy's Job Fair at gmail.com if you ever want to be on the program. But uh, it's going to be exciting today. Uh, the homie Todd Rex, 
who was on for um, Manhood. Yeah, raising oh, yeah. that raising that that black hockey boy. Yeah, he coming Shout back. Shout out Maximus Maximus mm-hmm. Rex, CEO wife. Uh-huh. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. We're gonna talk to another brother who walked off the job. He wasn't fired. This Negro just <laughs> walked off the job <laughs> in a shoe store on the clock. You ever have you ever have have any of y'all ever witnessed anybody's last day at work? I'll tell you my story, but I want to know first from y'all. Have you ever witnessed? Yep. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Uh there's a there's a young man that I, that I enjoyed um it was it wasn't my job so we could say that but this young man left a job um and the company required him to send status updates required everybody to send status updates every day to say what they were doing. Uh but everybody in the company hated it. So yeah. on the dude's last day he wrote a status report but it was the snarkiest just full of everything asshole <laughs> and then at the end of it he was like oh and by the way I quit and just bounce and I was like yo I, I, I appreciate that I appreciate that I respect that yeah I'm usually the person not necessarily HR all the time but also from a communication standpoint I'm going in when the firing is happening so I'm there when they tell you across the um, table <laughs> oh so yeah Damn. that's that's it. Do you look at the people as it's happening? What's your strategy? What's Jacqueline's strategy to sitting and watching someone get the worst news they could possibly get at that job? Uh, I'll just say on the last two, I made sure I passed by their office now in the climate that we're in and say <laughs> something like, I'm not in on this, but I got to be there. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Try not to get shot, huh? Hello? <laughs> <laughs> How do you how do you play how do you play that relationship, JG? Like when you know somebody getting fired and you know they wanted them, I I I burn this motherfucker down. Are you nice to them in the weeks leading up to the firing? Well, I'm gonna be nice anyway, but I'm not gonna over. Are you though? Are you though? <laughs> Are you though? No. Are you though? Jay, are you go are you gonna talk real freely to him for at least a good two weeks before you let him go? Is that no, you, do? you just... all take stern <laughs> as being mean, and there's a total difference. I'm stern. That's not mean. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Rod, last days. Have you witnessed anybody's last day? Oh, absolutely. As a customer or a coworker. Oh yeah. One one, one time at, at a job, I was uh in my office uh having some fun, if you will. And of right, you right outside my door, uh, my boss and one of my coworkers were going at it like cats and dogs, and they got fired to hell and back. Oh. What? Bo- they fired both of them? Like, management didn't oh, come no, in to boss, decide who fired, was right, who was wrong? My boss fired that person. They got into a real, real big argument. It was a real wild time. Really? <laughs> what was the occupation? Oh, this is this is when I worked in the vet business. Damn, y'all hollering around the dog, scaring the white customer. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, Rod, you were having sex at a vet office in your office? He slept with every woman there, with the exception of one, and he slept with her after he quit. It's ridiculous. First of all, I only slept with one woman from that job, and I slept with, and I, but I only slept with her. On her last day after she clocked out for the last time, because I don't. Oh, you didn't sleep with the clients. I do not sleep with coworkers. I I don't support that. Don't the clients. Did you sleep with the clients? The clients? No, no, no. I didn't sleep with the clients. Not at this job. This was at the dog. Oh, okay. okay. Now, okay. now, now, when I would do some freelance work at the vet hospitals, thank oh, you. Yeah, it was going down. Yeah, I co- yeah, I come through with a checkup for for little reasons. Yeah, I come through and check on it. <laughs> we were working at you know we were going in the Tallahassee Mall in college and I don't remember the name of the store but Rod knows that you know the type of store it's the sports memorabilia uh, and jersey yeah. store oh yeah you can get a a Cowboys mug or a Dolphins key uh, ring and then there's a bunch of plaques and souvenirs and then there's also just a C of sports apparel, right? So, yeah, it was one of those stores. Mm -hmm. So, me and my boys are going in and there's a white employee that storms out and there's a single black employee up by the register. He's angry. Something clearly has gone wrong. 
and he there's no greeting there's no hey can i help you find anything nothing he's just up there he don't give a fuck about oh. nothing two racks over from him is a black man in his 50s and he is just stacking clothes on his arm hangers still in he's just putting stuff up. like it looks like he's making selections to go to a fitting room <gasps> but it but it's like 30 shirts and it's like what is this nigga doing <laughs> And he throws the shirts on his back like a fire hose and starts making his way to the exit. Looks at me and my my homeboys. He go, y'all niggas better get this shit. Y'all slacking. (laughs) (laughs) And he walks out of the store. So we go up to the employee. We go, what's going on? He said, man, that motherfucker y'all just saw leave, motherfucker went to lunch. Take whatever the fuck you want for the next 30 minutes, man. I don't give a fuck about this job no more, man. Take whatever the fuck you want, man. I'm tired of these motherfuckers. And we was like, bet. (laughs) (laughs) He said nothing but a word, my guy. Word. Say less. Y'all do the shopping. I'm going to go bring the car around to the fire line. That's a friend. That is a friend right there. That's what I'm saying. We, you remember those commercials? And there, there were commercials for the people who don't remember. There were commercials in the 80s. Nickelodeon used to do something called the Nickelodeon Toy Run. And every year, a lucky kid would get selected by Nickelodeon, and you got a shopping cart, and you got three minutes, and anything you could grab in that fucking store was yours. Yeah. So it was like supermarket sweep. Mm. That's what we did. I had apparel. <laughs> from like Arizona State. We were just grabbing shit. And and it's blatant theft. And here's how bold we were. We went in, grabbed a gang of shit. I parked the car. We put our fresh shit on, went back in the mall and continued with our original agenda. That's what I'm talking about. Hey, man, at it. Respect. Really? Really? Respect. We come come back in the mall and we see the black employee just walking past us and he just gave us one of them friendship head nods and you just see the white dude. You see the white dude scrambling looking at the racks trying to figure out what the fuck is this? (laughs) What happened? I don't know. I was working by myself. I had to go do some inventory. I wasn't watching this door. Some folks came in and just grabbed shit. Fuck this shit. I'm gone. You know we can't chase nobody, sir. You know what I'm saying? I'm sorry. We can't. It's a no chase policy. We can't run that's after. That's top notch, man. That's that's a, that's a that's real beautiful. blessing, right? Ain't nothing like coming into a situation like that, boy. <laughs> mm. Ain't nothing like witnessing somebody's last day, and it benefits you mm. as a customer. Yeah. Okay, I agree. That's with the that. best shit. I agree. Especially with that. fast food. Oh my god, fast food. Them motherfuckers, man. They yeah. will. That's oh a, yeah. Yeah. You'll mess around. Go up to the menu. Walk up. Walk up to the. Uh, you walk up to the stand and walk back with like three bags full of food. You don't even eat half that shit. <laughs> yeah. They give you the chicken sandwich, everything. You can always tell when they're about to quit if they say on the microphone, "Cash on." Like, that's fair. It's time to pocket that. <laughs> hey, that's and that's a good come up, man. I remember in high school, a friend yeah. of mine got a job at the Gap uh, solely to give away all this shit to us and get shit for himself. <laughs> like no bullshit. Like he got a job at the Gap and like straight up, he would charge us. Like cents for everything. Like you really? go up there with like seven hundred dollars <laughs> worth of clothes, and that nigga would charge uh, you like eight dollars. Yo, that was my favorite. <laughs> that was my favorite. Like we like they had two registers, and like it straight up be empty at one register, and he'd be behind the other. You be in line, and the person be at the next register. Like, hey, I'm I'm open, man. You want to come? You're like, nah, I'm good. Gonna, no, gonna, no, I'm good. We gonna wait <laughs> on my yeah. man right here. I'm, I'm gonna wait on my man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I, I, I had a similar hook ride. I'm with you. I had a homeboy that used to work. Um, well, the company is no longer there, so he can't get in trouble. But the homie used to work at French Connection in Georgetown oh, in Washington, D.C. Wow. And he called me one day. He called me one day. He was like, hey, man, look, I'm not telling you that I'm going to be here for the rest of the month, but I'm going to tell you that I might be here for a couple of hours. So if you got like, I don't know, $100, $200, you can come up here, man. You're going to come up. Dog, I walked out of French Connection with like four or five bags. Well, look, I was wearing French Connection for like a good year. I had so much French Connection shit. And then my man walked oh, out Jesus. the job, bro. I love, I love a good, I love a good clothing scam. I'm sorry, bro. I just, anybody that's getting fired 
and give us some clothing, bro. That's 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 my heart right there. That's the well, shit. How winners. you think I got caught? I was at Dillard's getting charged eight dollars for Tommy Girl, and then security saw that shit. Next thing I know, Tallahassee police was at the house <laughs> talking about where the clothes at. I'm convinced there's a reason, like globally, and the universe did not need need us to know each other while either one of us were in school. That's all I'm going to say. There's no we, way we would still be in prison. Yeah, we'd be in prison. We'd be in jail. I no. would just be getting out of prison. For sure. Maybe. Yes. Yes. No. Like, yeah. I, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, they, to- they told me what I was facing. I'd Don't still be in. Me. Yeah. I'd, mm-hmm. And I'd mm-hmm. be a 43-year-old intern at the radio station in Birmingham, oh. coasting on my father's reputation, <laughs> trying to get jobs. It's time now for Cody's most outstanding employee of the week. We got an email. You're welcome to email the show, RoyceJobFair at gmail.com. If you want to be on the show, share a little feedback. Got some feedback from the homegirl, Joy. Good day, all, says Joy. Hi, Joy. I just finished listening to Rod's Relationship Fair. Oh, shit. Military sex. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. Third, third note. He read it, too. I thoroughly enjoyed the content. You had representatives from the gay and straight communities who indulged about their time. What the episode lacked was the voice of a military spouse. Oh. I'm now divorced due to my ex's infidelity, but I believe that the dialogue and jokes could have been richer if that perspective had been added. Mm. Served the country as a silver servant for over 15 years, was deployed twice, and I am fully aware of what can happen during a deployment, and I am well aware of the impact on the families left behind. Should you decide to host Rod's Relationship Fair number three, Military Sex Part Two, I hope you include representation from spouses and exes to provide a full perspective of what's happening in these streets and in the sandbox, and I would welcome the invitation to participate. Oh, she she got a story. Sincerely yours, Joy. You write in with some shit like that. That um, means she got a story to fucking tell, boy. (laughs) Let me tell you how we booked the show, Joy, because we're not a high budget acoustical radio presentation. It's uh, it's two ways we booked the show. Actually, number one, we have a wonderful booker, Hayat, and Hayat. cold emails dignitaries and celebrities for us and sometimes there's people that we know from my rolodex or jg or ralph's rolodex and we go hey yeah reach out to this person for us and book them and that's generally how we book a lot of the professional people that are on the show now the other way we book the show um we throw out a tweet or two and you motherfuckers either reply or you don't <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> that's, that's really that's, it <laughs> That's no, I, much I'm it. serious because we talk to the general public. Yeah. So we just have to reach out to the public. And so there are a lot of people, the people who were most eager to respond, the people who responded most eagerly were those enlisted who wanted to say what they had seen or wanted to say what they had did. So that's what we unfortunately had to. But I wanted a spouse. I wanted what I wanted was a spouse who was cheating on the person who was deployed. Ooh. But you present a different perspective, Joy. You were the person that was dealing with the fallout of the cheating. So, you know, Rod, we might have to run this back and get old Joy on the program because this is part of this is a perspective that we wanted. It just it, no one bit. We laid the net. We laid the breadcrumbs. No one took a bite on the line. So we had to roll. This is a, a comedy based podcast. And, you know, you'd be hard pressed to find somebody who would like to tell the jovial tale of how they got cheated on the hell and back while their husband was deployed or their wife was deployed. So now, not a lot of the spouses with the story of mm. my family was mm. destroyed by this would like to come on a comedy show and just tell the whole fucking world about that. I mean, you can turn your camera off. You ain't got to be on camera. I'm just saying that, like, that's, that doesn't sound like it. I mean, if if I hope her story has some humor to it, because if not, it's just like. That's gonna be depressing for the listeners and for us. So, uh, like, what, what do like if we can't crack any jokes? What the hell are we here for? I be, uh, I mean, let me be real honest with both of you. I, I, um, it might be fair to say that I know this story. I know the story. I know what happened in this situation. I 
could be accused of holding back because I knew that Roy was looking for somebody in this situation and I did not want to offer up said Wait, person. you know this emailer? You mm-hmm. know this listener? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Holy mm-hmm. shit. Now they gotta come mm-hmm. on the show. Yeah, that's all I'm gonna say. I'm gonna let her put on the show. Okay. I, I will... Oh, my nigga. It <laughs> is pretty you, fucking good. You right there with that. Your sister? When you write in begging to tell that story, it's got to be awesome. I would go as far as to say this. She's my Spellman sister. I'll say that. She's my Spellman sister. Nonetheless, <laughs> for getting cheated on and continuing <laughs> to serve your country as a civil servant, not just domestically, but abroad, and remain and keeping and maintaining the mental tenacity needed to work overseas and do what you can to feed your family while this motherfucker's in the desert fucking people in the foxhole. Joy, you are Cody's most outstanding employee of the week. Email us back. We want to get you like that. How you like that? We want to. How you like that? Get you back on the show. We might not even do a relationship fair. We might just have her on for breaking (laughs) out. She just might be a special. I, 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 wow. I want to hear I, I can, I want to uh, hear Yeah, no, say less. No, I'm not even going, I'm not even going to comment. That's all I'm going to say. I'm, I'm not even going to comment. It's, if it's, you want to open not, up no. your world to us, I'm happy to be nosy. Oh, yeah. Said, oh, listen, Joe, Joe JG, mm. don't talk out of it. Mm-mm. She said in the third paragraph, mm-hmm. should you decide to host military sex part do, I hope you, inc- I, she's hoping. That's what she said. She hope. We include representation from spouses and exes who got dirty dick. She didn't put dirty dick. <laughs> to provide a full perspective I wanna, of what's oh. happening in these streets. Joy, Bro. I want to know if he was cute. Okay. I want to know a bunch of stuff. Or if cute. it even wasn't he. I mean, I don't he know. He was cute. He was cute. I can, I can confirm I that much. I don't want that from you. I can confirm that for you, though. I'm telling you, he's a good guy. A, that's a that, more rigging endorsement of a man's looks than hearing that from a woman, honestly. We've all told some of our great firing stories. It's time to start this episode with what I believe, third, is one of the greatest, most recent firing stories mm. of the year. That's fair. Um, did you watch the Black News Channel when it was on? <laughs> I did. I watch the Black News Channel because I long for news from our perspective and I'm tired of everything being labeled as quote unquote, we care about black people, but there are you know, black issues being discussed on the shows. Um, a lot of great programs on that channel dissecting a lot of issues relevant to the black culture. I didn't watch it. I don't have cable. Well, then that's a fair reason, Jason. Yeah, that's, that's, that's I can't really fault you when you don't have cable. That's, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Also, you're a traveling woman, and them hotels you in, they barely got BET, so I never got that. I think the Marriott's going to be appalled by that, but go ahead. And if they don't, then 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 get Black News Channel if you want to be called out. For, that's you. part of why. That's part of why I stay at Hampton Inns because they have all the channels. Okay. Um, but this was a wonderful channel, Jacqueline, and they were doing a lot of great things. Uh-huh. And as with any new type of media channel, you need a couple of years to build. Okay. But then one day out the blue, the Black News Channel ceased operation and didn't tell none of their employees. And just what? one day, them motherfuckers tried to go to work and the key card didn't work. And... Bruh. They didn't give them their last paychecks. You're kidding. Filed, bankrupt- filed bankruptcy and said, sorry, dog, I ain't even got you on your last paycheck. In a statement, BNC said, this is in February, this is in March of 2022, said, quote, unfortunately, due to challenging market conditions and global financial pressures, we have been unable to meet our financial goals and the timeline afforded to us has run out. One of the owners is the motherfucker that owned the Jaguars. Bitch, I know you got the bread, con. I know you got the bread. You paying them trash ass quarterbacks. Goddamn, you're still playing Blaine Gabbard and you ain't got no money to pay these black folks. Blaine Gabbard. Joining us on the job fair right now is a brother that um is now ascended to the two timer club. He came on yeah. earlier this year to uh talk fatherhood and what it means to be a traveling dad and still the challenges of being present. For your cheerings, JG, real quick, who we have back on the phone? We have Legend. 
sports journalist, TV host, and actor. Oh. And former BNC employee. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Mike Hill. Hi, Mike. What's up, y'all? Happy to be back with you. <laughs> Still waiting for my money from BNC. And we were all. We're not going to keep you, Mike. We just want you to walk us through the day that you found out the Black News Channel was canceled. What? And. Ooh, man, just rip off the scab. When you found out you wasn't getting your last paycheck. Mm. Like, even Popeyes give you your last paycheck. How are you going to just not pay people? Yeah. Um, yeah. Because you went to bed employed with the Black News Channel, correct? I did. I, and I did the shut. Look, oh bro, what, what kind of pissed me off is that they knew they were going to shut down operations. <laughs> and I st they still made me come to work early that morning. And I did the last show that they were going to do. I'm like, if you're going to mm -mm. let people go, why you? Why my ass had to come to work that day? You could have let me go. Mm. You could have told me the night before. You knew you weren't going to make payroll the next day. <laughs> I want you to know that my laughs come with the utmost of respect. This is okay, respectful I can only laugh laughs. about it now. I can only laugh about it now. <laughs> Were there hints in the air that the whole mm. company was going to shut down? Like, did they stop putting coffee in the coffee maker that week? Did they... Yeah. I'll give you one stirring straw on Monday and just so you hold this. <laughs> hold this. Yes. I, I'm going to tell y'all when, when I started seeing, when they started laying people off a week before Christmas, a week before Christmas, I knew that the company was in trouble. But I said, okay, maybe we can turn things around. We can hire, you know, like if it's, when it's a new network, things are like that, and people are spending money. They, they made a lot of mistakes or whatever that they, you know, Hopefully they can learn from there or start something up again like that. But uh, we knew mm. that if the ratings and the viewership didn't get better, then maybe we was going to be in trouble, but maybe after the summer. But the day before they shut down, there was a rumor that they weren't going to make payroll, right? That it was going to mm. be late. And it wasn't really affecting me because I didn't get paid on Fridays. I got paid every 15th of the month because I was an independent contractor. And I was like, well, I ain't worried about it. I ain't getting paid on Friday anyway. So I'm getting paid on the 15th of month. So I ain't really sure. Not that I'm, not that I'm, I, I, I mean, I felt bad for everybody else. Don't get me wrong. I do. But I'm like, okay, this shit ain't going to really affect me until next month. Okay, but is there a text Man. thread? Because BNC was interesting in that you all had a lot of mobile studios. You had a mothership studio in Tallahassee, Florida, where BNC was headquartered. And then, you know, you had Atlanta bureaus. You were in the LA bureau. Was there at least a group chat? Was y'all talking to each other on the group chat? They, going, they, they, you, you, get the you money. Heard, like you, you, we we had this one girl who was a booking producer who was like the Miss Bonita of the network. You know, that's everybody business. She y'all ain't heard this from me. Yeah, y'all ain't heard this from me. But somebody, I ain't wanna gossip. Blah, blah, blah. so yeah, I ain't want to gossip, but blah blah blah. But gossiping on she and and always got something negative to say. So yeah, she was on mm. that. Well, you know, they about to shut down. I can't believe y'all gonna go to work. So. We went to work. They asked us to come to work. We went to work that day. And uh, once again, I did the show from 7 until 10 that morning uh -huh. and went and took my nap like I usually do. When I woke up an hour later, that's when it's like my phone's blowing up. It's like, uh, did you hear it? And I'm like, what, what, what happened? It's like BNC shut down. They just filed for bankruptcy. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Today? That was it. And so like, once again, bro, they did not. I, the fifteenth came and went. Oh. I didn't get my damn paycheck. Everybody else didn't get their mm. paycheck. They filed for Chapter Eleven bankruptcy, so they couldn't actually pay out the last paychecks because until the the, the, the network gets sold. So I'm still mm. waiting, and that's why I'm in this studio right here. This is the BNC studio in my home, and I got plenty of equipment like cameras and lights. They ain't come to get their shit either. Oh, oh, they asked for it. They, asked they for did it. not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They asked for it. They did not. Roy, Roy, where am I from? Jacqueline, where am I from? Baltimore. Alabama. They, you, you can run your ass up in here if you want to. Bingo. You better run me my check. <laughs> you ain't never worked in journalism. If you ain't had that, I'd love the fact. Yeah, come get it. <laughs> Y'all, come on on up here. Come on hey, up in Mike, here. Get it's Phil from Black News Channel. Bingo. Uh, could you... Could you mail us the uh, the cannon and the teleprompter box if you uh, we sent you a FedEx <laughs> box with your with you those items in there? Mike, 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 this is the third time. This is the third time we've called Mike. Mike, this is 
Hi, Mike. Man, this is third time. Third time lose we called, number. Mike. The only number I want you to know is my routing number to my bank. That's the only ah. number I want you to know right now. Yes, is that routing number and my account number to my bank. You know what I mean? Because, look, and I feel mm. bad. Like, I, I, they owe me, and I ain't bragging about it, but I was getting paid a lot of money. They, I was under contract, and I had a guaranteed deal. So I'm talking about, we're talking about, close to seven figures that they you know so that's i ain't getting it you know what i mean and so but there are other people who needed that every they they live from paycheck to paycheck man that because you how are you not gonna pay those people man i can move on i got 20 other jobs but thank god i'm blessed to have that but at the same time the production assistant the producer that moved to tallahassee man like Mm -hmm. that's who i'm pissed off for so we'll get you out of here on this question. You know, we're, we're laughing a lot about firings and, you know, being fired. And we've all been fired. I think you told us last uh, last time you were on, you said uh, your career don't start until you've been fired. Amen. Exactly. Talk to us a little bit about when the Black News Channel collapsed. Talk to us a little bit about the community between the employees in turn, because th- because not getting your last oh. paycheck sends you into such a rage that the general <laughs> depression that follows being fired has to be delayed because you're mad about not getting your money. But what were some of the things that you noticed amongst the black news channel employees in which they were able to rely upon each other in terms of just for the sake of their mental health, just for other people who are out there right. who are dealing with being fired? Here's the thing, what I can say that the sad part about what happened at the black news channel was that it was black that it, we did that, you know what I mean? It was us. And But the great thing and the, the humanity that I saw is that so many people from so many organizations came together to try and pluck these people who are out of work. You saw people from MSNBC, from CNN, from local markets. I had a lot of recruiters reaching out to me and saying, hey, if you guys got production assistants, producers, you got anchors or whatever that's looking for jobs, send them over here. We're going to look out for them. NABJ looked out. National Association of Black Journalists looked out. So a lot of these people who are out of work, they've landed on their feet. And the way I look at it, like being fired, man, for me, I'm, I'm able to handle it and the things I've gone through in my life or whatever, being let go. Because I look at my burdens as a blessing because mm-hmm. it serves a purpose. You know what I mean? So at the end of the day, my spirituality tells me that God don't make mistakes. And when that happened to me, that meant that my time was up there. And it means that another door is going to open up bigger and wider. And I've been fortunate enough to been able to do, you know, so many great things since BNC um, let their close their doors. And a lot of the people that are uh, that were at BNC have been able to do the same thing and put, been put in better positions because of that. So. I'm praying for everybody and I hope everybody can have that same type of success. I have one question really quickly, Roy. Did that incident mm-hmm. make you hesitant to look at CNN Plus? Just ask. You know what's crazy? Oh, shit. What's crazy is CNN Plus, they, they a week after we got let go, they, they started up and people was like, okay, what about CNN Plus? And I thought about it, but I was like, you know what? I'm, you know, that's what I told you last time I wanted to kind of go into acting or whatever. Uh, and just do other kind of hosting stuff. I wasn't even thinking about news. And somebody talked to me about CNN. And, you know, once again, that's unfortunate because they they didn't last a week. And I I, I, know plus launched and it's done. Yeah, they launched. I was about to say the same thing. Grand opening, grand closing, man. So, you know, but that's also unfortunate because the people on air, you look at them and you say, oh, they're out of a job. Once again, it ain't about the people on air because usually we're in a good position. We got contracts, we get severance, or we got money saved up. I'm concerned about the production assistants mm-hmm. and the producers and the people who aren't making that kind of money yes, that maybe yeah. move their family somewhere and now yes, they're sir. looking for something and they're out of work. Yeah, so that, that's what I pray for, bro. Yeah, absolutely. Well. Brother Mike Hill, we look forward to watching as always on Fox Sports and all of the number sure. of acting gigs that you are racking up. And maybe you'll Thank pop you. back up on Real Housewives at some point with Cynthia. Mm-mm. We'll see. I know you Hell can't no. tell us no secrets. <laughs> nope. Okay. Nope. Nope. Hell no. We done with that. Nope. Hell no. Boy, you my homeboy. You supposed to be wishing me well, bro. Like, I wish they, they could have a house <laughs> But I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm retired, bro. Well, I'm retired. See, that's that look. That's that bougie Alabama shit. He trying to set you out, bro. You see how they do? Well, y'all see how they, he went into the bougie school? He set he you went out. To Ramsey. That's all that is. <laughs> I'm glad that your career is going well, Mike Hill. And if all else fails, you have stolen equipment from Black News Channel that you can sell in Texas. 
I was going to ask you if y'all need some equipment. <laughs> <laughs> Hit him up on Twitter at It's Mike Hill. And uh, also IG. Your IG is the same as well, right? It's Mike Hill. Brother, as always, good Thank to see you. you, man. Thank you for coming on Thank a very special so I Got Fired episode of The Job, yeah, brother. Job fail now. I do not have a Grammy, Jacqueline. Yes. Um, but I do know of a yes. trophy shop that makes them. <laughs> and for the low price of about $70, I can have me a Grammy. Did you know you could do that with a Peabody Award for real, third? When are we giving up Peabody for Christmas? The homie Hassan Minaj, right? From Patriot Act on Netflix. He won a Peabody. I picked that thing up for inspiration. I look at the bottom of the, of the Peabody, and it's a sticker. If you lose it and you want another one, call this number. Stop. Word? Really? Word. That's all I got to do to get a trophy, bitch? What the hell? Damn it, why am I working so hard? I'm telling you, bro, Peabody's for Christmas next year, everybody. <laughs> uh, if it's anybody who has bad stories, it is people who have gone on tour JG, let's get this two-time Grammy winner onto the show, please. Absolutely. We have Nigel. And like you said, he is a two-time Grammy winner. And he is also a longtime listener of the job fair. Hey. He is a native of Washington, D.C. Yeah, yes. young. That's what's up. And tours as a professional keyboardist. He's worked with the likes of the Wu-Tang Clan. Just throwing that out there. And he will be talking with us about his worst job he held back in Portland, Maine, at a shoe store. Hi, Nigel. Mm. Yeah. Nigel, <laughs> what's happening, fam? Hey, what's up, y'all? How y'all doing? I'm just very honored to be on the show with y'all. I really appreciate it. I listen to you guys all the time. And you guys have me cracking up every day, and I love it. I appreciate it. When did you first pick up the piano? When did you first go, you know what? This is some shit I can do. Because I'll be honest, most brothers that play the piano where I'm from and I'm from Alabama, they just end up in the church. The church is the path for a pianist. And I know that there's an amazing plethora of keyboardists all over the globe doing a number of different things every which way. How did you find your way into hip hop and not gospel or soul or, you know, R&B? Well, I don't just play hip hop. I play soul, R&B. I play jazz. I'm really more into jazz than I am anything. And my father was a musician. My grandmother had a piano. I was four years nice. old. I went over to my grandmother's house and I played this piano and I pre I played one of the low notes. You know, I'm a little, I'm, I'm still a little guy, but even when I was four, I was really small. But I'd go mm. over to this piano and I'd play one of the lower notes. And it was just this really big sound and I just, I was just so enamored that I made that sound and I've been chasing that high ever since. Mm. Basically. You know. It's a it's 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 a feeling. And then when you get older and you realize you know you learn a little bit and you play different things, it's just all about feeling. It's how it's how you it's how you feel. I just I've played with I played with people like Shaka Khan and oh, I played really? with a band called Lettuce Now, it's a funk band. And uh, I play, I have my own records out. I have two records out of my own. Nice. Uh, you know, so I, I, I don't just do hip hop, but I do love it when we get to play with hip hop. My band Lettuce, we normally back when, when hip hop MCs, when they need a band, they'll normally call us. If they don't call the Roots, they call us. You have toured the globe. You have played the ivories all over the place, 88 keys up and down the globe, every hemisphere, every time zone. But before all of that, <laughs> you were in Portland, Maine as one of three black people as part yes, of the as literally one of three black, black people, people yes. foreign exchange <laughs> program that they do yep. with DC yep. where they send two black people from the DMV up to Maine <laughs> for the summer. And nice. then they That's right. send two people Amazing. make the, in exchange for maple syrup from Maine, they have to send two black people up there <laughs> to meet diversity quotas. For the whole city. Yeah. Break down, break down this time at the shoe store up there in Maine. 
What made this job so terrible? All right. Well, I had only been playing music. I had been playing around town. Portland had a little music scene. Actually, Portland had a really good music scene when I was coming up there. But, alas, it's not when you're not as successful as... Uh, as as we are all working towards, you know, you you don't have you don't have no money, <laughs> and you gotta and and, mm-hmm. and gigs those gigs aren't gonna feed you forever. I'm actually just coming from being homeless. Mm. Uh, I was I, I all I wanted to do was play gigs. I was young, but all I wanted to do was just play. And I said, there's got to be a way that I can just play music. And not have to work in corporate America to make money to survive. Um, and doing that, I was like, um, I start. I started uh, saying that okay, after these gigs, after traveling, think you got to travel from Portland, Maine to Boston, right? Which was mo- which was generally how it happened. I have to go to Portland, Maine to Boston. You got to chip in for gas. Uh, you gotta you you gotta eat. You know, if you smoke, you got to smoke while you're down there. So if you don't have no money at the start, then you don't have none when it's done either because you didn't basically just work for free. So now I'm like, okay, I need a fucking job. I need I need a place to live. A friend of mine finally gave me a place to live and I needed a job so that I can at least maintain rent. At least I can have a place to stay because it gets cold in Maine. And if you out in in the street. It sucks. Anyway, uh, I got this job at Olympia Sports, and mostly because, and here's my dumbass, is mostly because I wanted to get 40% off of shoes. That's such black logic. I love it. it Keep is. going. Keep going. Well, that's what, exactly, exactly. So, <laughs> I'm, so all I wanted to do, all I wanted to do is just go, at least when I went on stage, I wanted to have fresh shoes. I was always the one that wanted to have shoes right out the box. And the guy who was the manager there, bless his heart, he really dealt with a lot. But he kept me on because he knew that I was a musician in the city. And he was halfway supportive of, like, okay, this kid's got a dream. He's got to have some sort of support. I'll give him a job, make him have him, have him work part-time. He'll get his little percent off of shoes, and, you know, everything will be cool. And about six months down the road, like, I was doing this, and I was always leaving back and forth. Uh, you know, to go out of town. Now the gigs were going to, going to New York City. Now they were going to Philadelphia. Now I'm coming a little go bit further. further out in the Northeast and starting to get mm. seen by people and and, and going Missing to different shifts, places. Though. Yes, exactly. And what's happening is now the party scene is starting to show up. You know, the mm. people are starting to come out the woodworks with the cocaine and they want to hang out all night. What year is this, if you don't mind us asking? Just ballpark us the year? Oh, it was uh, it was 05. Now we're starting to go out to different cities and bigger cities and bigger venues. And we're staying making some out bugs. at night now. Staying so out. Now staying now, now I'm staying out all night. I'm staying out all night. Okay. okay? And there had been times where I had come into, and I mean a lot of times within that last, like the last, say, two months that I had worked at this place, that I had been coming in straight from the party. Doing whatever until sunrise and then making a six-hour drive back to, for a store that opens at 10 a.m. Plus hour. You got to remember, I might have been driving back from Philly. You know what I'm saying? And then somehow just partied the whole way home just to get, you know what I'm saying? Like, seriously, some nut shit. Um, (laughs) But it got to a point and this and 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 it got to a point where like I walked in there and I was calling I was calling my manager and I said, man, please look, I can't come in today. I'm 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 in such and such. I tried to make up some shit. It's like if you and he's like, yo, if you don't come in today. I can't help you, man. I'm sorry. And you got to, you just, you, you can't, I can't let it happen today. And he was like, um, he, and I was just, I hung up the phone. I was like, fuck. So I go yeah. in, I finally go, I said, fuck it. All right. I'm just going to go in. I'm going to bite the bud. I'm put my big boy pants on. I did this to myself. Nobody asked me <laughs> to stay out all night and do stupid shit. So I'm going to go to work. 
and I went to work and I felt like the biggest piece of shit on the planet. And <laughs> and it was I'm telling you, and man, it it was it is don't you don't fucking do that. Like you don't do that. And you only do that when you're young and stupid. Anyway, I'm setting up, I'm pulling the shoes and I'm putting them on the thing and I'm so pissed and like every every five minutes I feel like I gotta puke. And then on Muzak, and this is like, this is like, so now we're thinking, say, like, we're like noontime now. Like, the day's passed. I've had a few customers. I'm all right. But I still feel like shit. You're hungover. Mm-hmm. No sleep. Noon comes around. And on the, on Muzak, you know, the Muzak shit that, the, the, that plays. Yeah, the instrumental. The instrumental yeah. That was Spotify before Spotify. That was people. exactly. That was for retail exactly. stores. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Streaming for retail. Spotify um, with auto saxes. Yes, basically all of that, and um, I heard my I heard I heard my band I heard myself and my band on music. I heard it. Oh, that's what. And I called that motherfucker with the quickness, and I said, "You better get somebody in here because I am going the fuck home." (laughs) I literally said that to him. I am going the fuck home. I'm out. I'm out. I will come and pick up my last wow. paycheck. I literally lived across the street from the place. I said, I'll come get the check. I'm fucking out. Cause you got 10 minutes or somebody, go, the people going to come in here and get free shoes. Because I'm out. That's the dopest <laughs> shit ever. That's fire. You heard yourself on music and that's how you quit the gig? I heard the record that I had just recorded and released two months wow. prior to that being played Fire. Music, which means now I'm getting re- I'm getting royalty money from that and that was real royalty money but I'm getting paid for that just because it's getting boy you should have felt you should have seen how big my head got I couldn't even get out the motherfucker I was like I am out of here do you hear what that is right there and I was like I'm out I'm Rick James bitch that's beautiful that's a beautiful <laughs> last story man well, brother Nigel, we can't thank you enough for calling into the show, man. Much respect to you and Lettuce and the journey of your band and everything that y'all are doing. Hell, when I get me a little band money, I might have y'all come play something, do some do some live acoustical shit. You know, we would love to back you up. And just really quickly, if I may, I just want to say that you guys, I'm uh, 414 days clean and sober. Um, today, yes, sir. I'm, yes, sir. I, 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 I do smoke weed. Um, uh, I, what is it called? Marijuana maintenance. I do that, but I don't do anything else. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it, uh, you know, it's one day at a time with this shit. And you guys make the day. I feel like you guys, for me, make the day much easier to handle. When I get up in the morning and I hear you guys just clowning and talking about shit, and I just really appreciate every single one of y'all. I'm a huge fan of Roy. Uh, the Baltimore eviction uh, prank is my favorite Nicole, one. Miss Celia, that's my R. favorite. Miss Celia, wow. she said, "If you Celia. if you don't wow. get the hell off of my phone, man, that was the greatest thing I ever heard in my life." I just wanted to that let one's you know on that. YouTube. If y'all want to dig in the crates and find that one, we called a 98 year old lady Jacqueline and. Threatened her life. <laughs> she was to mad which she shit. replied to me with the arsenal of guns that she owns. Respect. And she said that she would blow Roy's balls around his neck. I told said. you, bro. Yeah, I, I, look, is she from Baltimore? Yep. Did you ever end up sending her that check from Walgreens for twenty one ninety nine? Really I sent her a Walgreens gift card so she could buy some depends because she had pissed. She was so mad at me, Jacqueline. She lost some of her piss. <laughs> oh stop! Are you for real here? He was so yeah. bad. That's hilarious. Yeah, that right. that that makes me that makes me love you even more, Roy. That's a real that's a real dude, man. Much respect to you and JG and Third and all of y'all, and I love y'all so very much. And keep doing what y'all doing, please. Hey, appreciate it, brother. Thank you so much. After the break, the homie Todd Rex joins the Two Time Club. How you quit a job without opening your mouth? Like straight up didn't say a word face to face with his boss and quit the job, never opened his mouth. He gonna break it down for us. A special my last day at work edition of the job fair. We'll be right back. Job fair, we are bringing it home. So, Todd Rex. 
Yes, sir, Roy Wood Jr. Father of four, raiser of successful offspring. Indeed. Comedian of three decades. Yes. You've done a lot. Yes. But before all of that. Oh, my God. <laughs> at some point, you had a worst job or first job, and we're going to get you out of here, and you're going to tell us one of them stories on your way out the door. First of all, let me start by saying that I never had a job that I didn't walk away from, like, on the spot, like, where I had an what? opportunity just to leave, and I just left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I so You've never formally resigned from any job. Never formally resigned from a job. I just get fed up and be like, you know what? I'm not coming in anymore. And I would just leave. Um, one of them was a place called Silver Spring Auto Parts. And this is the, this is one of the funniest stories that I have. Like, so first year out of high school, I, I went and got a job at this place called Silver Spring Auto Parts. And it was, my job was to drive around, pick up auto parts. And some friends of mine were, used to go to Montgomery College, which is like a uh, basically 13th grade like community college. And, okay. and, and I, decided to, I decided to go ahead and make some money. And so it was like wintertime and I was driving the company pickup truck and I was driving, you know, picking up some auto parts and I was driving past Montgomery College. And I saw a group of my friends that I went to high school with. And I beat the horn and pointed at him like I was laughing at him, like, y'all suckers, he's going to school when I'm making money. Me, me, me. And I, and I looked up and cars had stopped in front of me and I had to slam on the brakes, but it would have been, it was a little bit of icy conditions. And the car, the truck slid off the road and hit a telephone, like wrapped around a telephone pole. Oh. And all my friends oh. saw it and they fell out laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Did you like call your boss or did you just walk away from the wreckage? And just, no, I called my boss. He wasn't even mad. He was just like, yeah, the roads, the conditions, whatever. But that j- same job, um, come, you know, a few months later, I was at a, I was at a, a hotel that I rented for New Year's Eve. So me and my friends were there and my boss is, if you, uh, if you don't, um, if you don't show up tomorrow, we're going to have a problem. Because I know you're going out and partying. I heard you talking to your friends. And I was like, I'll be there. I'll be there. So the next morning, I was way too hungover to go to work. And I called my job. And my buddies were sitting there like, you gonna tell, what are you going to tell them? And I was like, uh, I'm just going to tell them the truth. So I called him. And it was on speakerphone in the hotel room. And I was like, yeah, let me talk to Saul. And the owner, he's like, this Israeli dude. He's like, yes, what's up? And I was like, hey, uh, I know you told me that if I didn't come in today, there was going to be some problems. He's like, don't not tell me that you're not coming in. If, you, if you're not coming in, you're fired. And I was like, well, you can't. And he said, I said, you can't fire me. And he said, he said, I can't fire you. Why is that? And I was like, because I quit. And I hung up. <laughs> what a petty bastard. Petty. And then can, I, can I tell you the other one that's really funny? Oh, one, 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 one last one. I used to work at this place called Tasty T-Shirt Company in Rockville, Maryland. Huh? And, uh, and, um, yeah, it was a place called Rockville, Maryland, a place called tasty t-shirt company. And uh, I was uh, like a screen printer and it was a pretty big operation owned by a dad and his two sons. And those sons were a little older. And I just started doing stand-up comedy at that time. And, uh, two days a week, they would have these autistic dudes come. They were grownups, but they were autistic and they would come and they'd work at the shop and get work experience. Um, but some of them were pretty hilarious. Right. So then <laughs> it would be in the summertime it would be hot as hell. And the, and the roll up garage doors were always open with a big fan blowing and to keep it cool in the shop. Well, every day that these guys, like these dudes would come, they'd close the garage doors. And I finally asked one of the owners, I was like, why do you guys close the garage door? Like it's hot. It's like 110 degrees in there. And they're like, well, we used to keep them open, but Monty, who was like this 35 year old special needs dude, <laughs> like just ran out into the street and got hit by a car. He didn't, he didn't get killed enough like that. He was like, so to accommodate the needs of the special needs coworkers, everybody had to bake at 115 degrees. Exactly. Cause they don't want any, any of the special, special needs dudes running out and getting hit by cars anymore. Well, I, as an employer, I would much rather you die of heat stroke than V. If, oh, I had, if I'm no. a boss right. and I'm choosing, right? Well, that's no. like un, that's like, if you're an employer, then you're like you're making un, uncomfortable working conditions. But if I go out in the street and get hit by a car, that's on me. No. <laughs> yes, but as an employer, if you're hiring people from that community, you have to make sure that the conditions <laughs> are safe. 
Right here is a good place to end. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you how I quit that job. I'm gonna tell you how I quit my, I'm gonna tell you how I quit this job. <laughs> so, the owner of the company was the old man. He had the two sons who were like in their, thir- in, their in their like 30s, and I was like 22. And um, and the one dude was like, he he loved the fact that I did comedy. And he was like, he was like, yeah, man, go follow your dreams. And the other son was like more of a stickler. And the young, the younger of the two sons, he comes to me one day. I go, I get there, and he goes, Todd, come here for a second. I'm like, what's up? And he was like, find your time card on the time clock. And I pulled my time card out, and he was like, what time are you supposed to be here? And I said, eight thirty. He said, look at your time card and tell me when when you've been here at eight thirty or before any time in the last two weeks. And I looked look at my time card. And I couldn't find a time. And he was like, you've been late every single day. Oh. And I was like, well, you know, I do stand-up comedy at night and I'm out pretty late. And he was like, I don't care about that. This is your job while you're here. So you need to be here on time. If you even know you're going to be late, don't come in. You're done. And I was like, okay. So the next day, very next day, I've been out the night before doing stand-up. It's driving to work. I'm struggling to get there. I was, it was, I was supposed to be there at 830. I pull into this parking lot at like 833. And I look at the front door and that dude is standing out there smoking a cigarette. And as he sees me from the driveway, he looks at his watch and I was like, this nigga. So I like, <laughs> so it was like a horseshoe driveway. So, so I just <laughs> drove around the horseshoe and looked at him as I pulled out of the parking lot and just drove on. <laughs> And when I came to pick hey, my yeah, paycheck, I, I, when I came to pick my paycheck, I'm on Friday. I walked into the office. He just busted out laughing. He was like, "That was probably the funniest quitting Aww. of a job that I've ever witnessed." <laughs> <laughs> you, you didn't even try to explain yourself or nothing. I was like, "You told me just to go home. I can go home." I support this. This has been a Comedy Central podcast. Enjoying this episode of the Late Show Pod Show? Then head to cohst.app slash late show or visit the link in the description to fill out our quick two-minute survey all about getting to know you.